my name's Stuart. I'm the minister of St Ninian's Church in Stonehouse. It's my pleasure to welcome you to this week's St Ninian's Online Worship. Wherever you are, we hope you enjoy our time together. This week, we explore a story where Jesus talks about being something rather unusual. He says that he is the gate. That's a strange thing to say. So why? Why is he the gate? What's the gate for? And who can get in and out through the gate? The reading today is taken from John chapter 10 verses 1 to 10. Very truly I tell you, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate but climbs in by another way is a thief and a bandit. The one who enters by the gate is a shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will not follow a stranger, but they will run from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this figure of speech with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So again, Jesus said to them, Very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and bandits, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Amen. The first thing to say today is that our story has started halfway through. In fact, this part that we just read is explaining what has previously happened. So we really have to go back and and look at what, or rather who, Jesus is talking about. John chapter 9 tells us about Jesus healing a blind man. It's a striking story where Jesus picks up some dirt and spits in it to make mud and rubs the mud on the man's eyes and then tells the man to go and wash off the mud. And when he does the man can see. But of course, the man has never seen Jesus. He only ever heard his voice. But he knew who Jesus was, even though he had never seen him. The blind man's life was one of begging. His whole life, he had been thrown out, thrown out by society to sit by the side of the road and wonder where his next meal would come from. And now, he's been thrown out again, this time by the religious leaders because they hate Jesus and they want rid of anyone who speaks well of him. That's not the man's fault. But here he is again, rejected. And Jesus isn't happy to leave things like that. He restored the man's sight, but there's more that he can give him. So Jesus goes and finds the man and asks him to become one of his followers. And the man accepts. Not only has Jesus given the man his sight, He's also given him a new identity. There's a great bit in the first part of the story where the man, after washing the mud from his eyes and being able to see again, goes back to where he began, where he used to beg. And the people there don't recognise him. They only recognise the blind beggar. They don't recognise this man who can now see. He's not changed much at all. But they don't recognise him. His identity has changed. But Jesus sees him and he goes looking for him to bring him into the fold. 
a phrase we still use today. Jesus wants to protect him, to bring him into his band of disciples, to bring him into good pasture, to keep him safe. Jesus talks often about being a shepherd and quite a lot about sheep. But in fact, even further back, all the way back in the Psalms, for example, sheep feature often because people then knew a lot about sheep, probably much more than we do. For most of us, sheep are woolly things that live in a field. That wasn't the case in Jesus' time. They were still woolly, but they didn't have fields with fences like we do. Sheep weren't herded by dogs or farmers on quad bikes. They walked in a line behind their shepherd, who would call them by name and they would know his name and they would follow him. Shepherds spent all their time with the sheep. They would lead them around to find fresh pasture or water. And when they were lost, the shepherd would go and try to find the sheep and protect them from people who wanted to steal them or from wild animals. So Jesus tells his disciples, I am the gate. Just after this, Jesus talks about being the shepherd and that's a much easier image for us. So sometimes we jump ahead. But the gate thing is important. We know it's important because Jesus says, I am. And I am isn't just a wee phrase that identifies the subject of the sentence. I am is the name of God. So Jesus is telling his disciples, I am, that God is the gate. That he, because he is God, is the gate. But what? What does that mean? And how can he be both the shepherd and the gate? At night, shepherds would gather the sheep into a fold and they would lie across the entrance to the fold so the sheep couldn't wander off and so nothing else could get in. And that's where the image for today's reading comes from. I am the gate. The shepherd acts as the gate to the sheepfold. They didn't have a metal fence or a wooden gate. So the shepherd acts as the door. It's both a brilliant positive image and one that also has some problems for us. It's positive because Jesus is protective. He's looking out for the sheep. He's willing to put himself in harm's way for us, to stand between us and danger. And in that way, the image opens up some of what Jesus would do for us. Later in the story, on the night when Jesus is arrested, he stands in the gate, the entrance to the Garden of Gethsemane, between his followers and the soldiers who have come to arrest him. And he saves his followers. Take me. Leave them alone. Jesus is the gate. Gates also open to let people in, though. The blind man in the story has come through the gate. He's now a member of Jesus' flock. But Jesus is only telling this story because the disciples are upset. They're not wild about this man joining their gang. They're the ones who've been chosen. They don't want to share that with anyone else. Theirs is a club that's quite exclusive. And they don't want any new members. And that, I think, is something we can all relate to. That feeling when we've settled in and settled down. When everyone has got to know each other, got to know how things work, and then someone new comes along. And that changes everything. Gates work both ways, don't they? 
they let people in, but we can also use them to keep people out. And that's been a problem with this story for years. People use this story to keep people out, when all along it's been an invitation to join up, to come in, to enter into something bigger and better. The clues at the end of the passage. Jesus says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. But our problem is that we have been programmed to believe that resources are scarce. So gates for us become more about protecting than letting people in. How do you know who's a thief or a robber? It's better just to keep the gate shut then, isn't it? Just in case. That fear of scarcity is the foundation of our current economic situation. There's not enough of some things to go around. And so they cost more. There are lots of other things, and so they cost less. There are plenty of people who'll work for minimum wage, so we don't have to pay them lots. Whereas there are other jobs that are highly skilled, and only a few people can do them, so they get paid more for doing them. Except, it turns out that's not quite true, is it? We've discovered recently that minimum wage workers like carers and delivery drivers and cleaners and shop assistants are vital. The story we've been told about scarcity and demand is a lie. But it's a lie that colours a view of everything, even of God. Because we think everything else is scarce, somehow God's love will be like that too. And somehow there won't be enough to go around. The early church were called followers of the way of Jesus, not Christians. That's because they tried to live in a particular way, the way that Jesus lived. They ate together. They learned together about what Jesus had said about God. They shared. They even sold their possessions to help people in need. It turns out that leaving cake on people's doorsteps makes both you and the other person happy. That's because that's how love works. It multiplies. It's not scarce. Love doesn't run out. The more you give it away, the more there is. How do you count love? Well, let's pretend that this piece of paper is the love that I have. But it's still difficult to count, isn't it? So let's do some kingdom maths. Let's say that the corners help us to count how much love I have. So there are four corners on my piece of paper. I'll give some away. I'll cut off some of my love and I'll give it away. But if I give something away, I should have less, shouldn't I? So let's see what happens when I cut off one of my corners. That's strange. Now I have five. One, two, three, four, five. But I've given someone else some love and they have three. My love has doubled by giving some away. 
And the same would happen if I cut off the next corner and the next one and the next one. Love keeps growing the more we give it away. People were deeply suspicious of the first Christians. Their simple way of life, their concern for others, their rejection of wealth and power and status, that made them strange. They were outsiders, people who were different. And it's very difficult to keep up that kind of life. The pressure to conform is massive. We are conditioned to consume. I shop, therefore I am. But that's not how the economy of heaven works. Jesus said he came that we might have life and have it abundantly. There's no scarcity in that. It's not going to run out. There's enough for everyone. And it's always been that way. Here's some words that I think you might know well from long, long before the time of Jesus. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk in the darkest valley, I fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life long. Jesus offers us and everyone abundant life. It's not scarce. There's enough love to go around. So we're called to share it to welcome people in through the gate into the eternal pasture and to the love of God, which is plentiful and will last forever. Let's pray. Lord, in a world where many search for the protection that you offer, for a shepherd to welcome them in and to sit by their side, we bring you our prayers for others. We pray for those who wonder where their next meal will come from. We pray for food justice to become a priority of our world. We pray for those who wonder when and if they will ever wake up in the morning to peace. We pray for an end to fighting and for the courageous role of peacemakers. We pray for those who wonder when they might be paid a fair price for their labour. And we pray for fair trade practices to become the norm. We pray for those who wonder when they might see their family again. And we pray for those working to reunite refugee families. We pray for those who wonder how they support their family. We pray that wages will be fair, fair enough to support individuals and their families. We pray for all those who wonder where their help will come from. We pray for 
pray that we might be a community that mirrors your love and care. For all looking for the shelter of a shepherd, we pray that your presence would be known. Lord, for all these people and all these situations, we pray. Amen. Every Father, our Father, our Father, art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. 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 The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you great peace. Today, tomorrow and forevermore. Amen.